Good morning once again. And uh, over these past few weeks and months, and a theme that we've been running is, is the truth of God. Receiving what he has for us. Being able to access all that he has given us. And uh, we want to continue to do so. Because Satan, he is lying. He wants us, we talked about him wanting to have us driven by fear. Because we can't operate in faith when we work in fear. He wants us to distrust God. He wants us to sever our communication with him. Because these are the things that give us power. These are the things that make us strong. These are the things that have, allow us to have our needs met. This is what it means to be part of the family of God. And Satan wants to do anything he can to disrail that. And we see everything that goes on in the world today. We see all these different battles that it seems like we're fighting. And it all comes down to good and evil. The light and the darkness. Satan versus God. Word of prayer, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be able to get into your word today, Father. We ask you just to open our hearts and minds to receive it, Father. To take myself out of the way and just let your true message shine through. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. So uh, we're going to look at that, some of this communication. Now, we, 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 we do these things. We, we come to church. We, we pray to God. And I uh, just want to look at some, some just normal examples. And I want to talk about myself some today because I'm sure that we've all been in some of these different situations. You know, uh, religion often tells us that we need to, to pray a certain way, that there is a, a technique to it. And... There are certain tools that we need. We have one that believes we need special little beads to hold on to. Well, here's another one that has a special mat you have to, to lay on. You have to face a certain way. And, you know, there's times that we all get to when things become so bad that we can't do anything in our own power to do anything about the problem we're facing, no matter what that problem is. So... We go to our last resort, which is God, and we, we pray, and we beg, and we plead, and, and we've all been there. I can remember times when I was in desperate need, and I start thinking about well, all the different ways on it. Well, you know, do, do I need, if I get down on my knees, does that make my prayers stronger? And actually, all that does is make my knees hurt, and then I can't concentrate on what I'm talking to God about because I'm in such discomfort. So, No. Do I need to come down to the altar? Does that make my, my prayers stronger? Absolutely not. Do I need to be inside a church building to make my prayers stronger? See, I've tried all these different things, and none of this stuff amplifies my prayers. I even tried the old prayer closet. And that doesn't amplify your prayers, because... Jesus already paid the price to have a direct line of communication. And it's not like our phone systems when some days we have spotty service. Some days when the line's crackly. We always have high speed direct contact between us and God through that blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is a high speed connection. 
Well, let's look at the way that we we talk to God. You know, I'm sitting up here, and to my immediate left here is a clipboard. It's right at my reach. I don't have to do hardly anything to be able to grab it. So if I was to ask someone in the back row to walk up here, which is probably about 150 feet away from me right now, to hand this to me, that would seem crazy. Because why? I can not only do it in my own power, I can do it better in my own power because it's right here. I have all the tools I need to do it. All I have to do is reach out and pick it up. Even if I pick the closest person to me, which is still a good bit away, I can still do it faster. I can do it better because it's right here. I have all the tools that I need to be able to do it. And a lot of times we are asking God for something that we can do ourselves. That we can do efficiently ourselves. That we can do in our own power. Because he's already given us all the tools that we need. Another example is, let's say I'm, I'm walking out to my car. I got a big box that I'm carrying in my hands. And I get up to the door and the door is closed. But yet, on either side of the door, there's people there. Would it be out of the question for me to simply ask one of them, could you open the door? Could you get the door for me? And most people would have no problem whatsoever to turn that knob, open the door, and let you pass. That's a reasonable request. And yet all we're doing is just simply asking. We're not begging. We're not pleading. We're just asking. And that's what God wants for us, just for us to ask, just to acknowledge that he is there and acknowledge his existence and allow him to work in our lives. Now, let's look at a a biblical example for today. And that's going to come from Matthew 17, starting in verse 14. And my Bible calls it the disciples' unbelief. And in 17 and 14, And when there was come the multitude, they came to a certain man, kneeling down and saying, him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed, and oftentimes he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to the disciples, and they could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer? Bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. And when the disciples came to Jesus apart, and they said, Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said, Because of your unbelief. Verily I say unto you, if they have the faith of the grain of a mustard seed, they will say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and thou shalt remove. Nothing shall be impossible to you. Halibut this goeth not out by prayer and fasting. And when they abode in Galilee, Jesus said unto them, The Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men. Now, 
We've uh, talked about verse 20 many times. It's always the subject of both faith. It's the subject of ridicule. But we're not going to talk about that today because there's another verse that we've already covered that is key. See, so many times we overlook these little details. I'll tell you about little details. One day I needed out my generator. And I keep it maintained. I keep the fuel treatments in it. I keep the, it drained out of the carburetor. I keep it ready to go in case I need it. So it came to a surprise that I'm pulling and pulling and pulling and pulling and pulling and it's not starting. And I'm checking the fuel and I'm checking all these different things. And then I missed one little key feature. I forgot to turn the switch on. And then after I turned that switch on, lo and behold, it fired right up and everything worked just like it was supposed to. See, when we're dealing with the kingdom of heaven, when we're dealing with God and things are not going exactly how they're supposed to be, how God tells us are, that's what we need to start looking for. Not the big thing, not the big problem. Look for that little detail, that little step that we have missed. Now, I didn't say God missed, I said that we have missed because the problem is always on our end. You know, when you, we talk about the phone not working, we have to call up and we have to determine where the problem is. Is it on their end? Is it on our end? Is it somewhere in the middle? The problem is always on our end when we're talking about God. Verse 15. Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic, he is sore vexed, and oftentimes he falls into the fire and falls into the water. Look what this man is doing. He's in a dire situation. This is his son. This is someone he loves. And he has this ailment that he can't do nothing about. He cannot fix it. He's tried to take him to other people and they cannot fix it. So he's down to what? His last resort. And look how he speaks to Jesus. He says, Lord, have mercy. How many times have we said that to God when we pray? Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. But do you know what you're saying there? What does that word mean? Do you ever uh, listen to people address a king, a judge, someone that has authority, someone that's going to make a decision for you? You oftentimes ask them to have mercy. But mercy means that they either will or they won't. That the choice solely resides in them. That it's just a matter of a coin flip. You catch a judge on a bad day, and that could be the difference between five years and ten you catch a police officer on a bad day, that could be the difference between a ticket and a warning. Have mercy. And then he goes on, listing all of these things. He's a lunatic. He falls in the fire. He falls in the water. 
See, when we, we do this, we're trying to get people on our side. We're trying to tear down their defenses, make them feel sorry for it, because we lay out all these details. We try to paint a picture of how we are affected by these things in our lives. And we want them to have mercy on us. So why is this? Why is this so important? Then the next verse it talks about that I've took him to your disciples and yet they cannot heal him as well. So here I am before you pleading for mercy. I'm begging. I'm pleading. I'm asking you to make the decision in my favor. And Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless, faithless and perverse, perverse because we take And believe all the lies and all the things that the world says. And we do not take anything that God says into consideration. Faithless because we do not believe in his power. We do not believe what he has done for us. What he is doing for us. And what he will do for us. How long must I be with you? How long must I suffer? You know, we just keep denying him over and over again. He went on that cross to take our place, to give us these power, to be able to do these things on our own. And yet we deny him over and over again. Jesus rebuked the devil. We've got this mentality that... There's all these different ways that God is going to answer a prayer. He's either going to say yes, he's going to say no, he's going to say maybe, or he's going to say wait. Well, that pretty much covers everything, right? Well, he's going to do something or nothing, but that's not the case. The word says God's answer is yes and amen. And we're talking about healing. We're talking about Being free from a devil. It says that he rebuked the devil and then he departed out of him. And you know, as we uh, talk about the things that Jesus gave the disciples, it's the power to heal. The power to rebuke demons, devils, dark forces. Given to them. And what did I always say? If he did it for them, he will do it for us because he is the same one and all. If one person gets it, all people give it because we are all covered by the blood of Jesus. He made a sacrifice for all of us, not just the elite, not just the select. We all have access to this power. And they say, why couldn't they rebuke the demon? And he says in verse 20, because of your unbelief. And we've talked about the face of of the mustard seed. And not about how little you have to have. It's about how little we don't have. We don't even have that little bit. And don't feel bad because we are all guilty of it. There are times that I start giving God a way out before I ever get finished praying. 
you start running through all these scenarios in your head. Well, maybe this won't happen. God won't answer this because of this. Or maybe because of this. You start, you know, making excuses before you've ever even committed to the prayer. And that, my friends, is a lack of faith. That is a lack of faith. If we're not going into something wholeheartedly believing that God is going to take care of it, then we do not have faith. Some of my biggest regrets are in times when I was really relying on God. Did I not take it far enough? Did, was I really all in? Did I have enough faith to carry me all the way through? We come out of situations, but could we came out of situations better if we'd had more faith? If we had allowed God's entire power to work? Sometimes we go through things and when it gets getting really scary, when we really have to be in faith to move is when we, we back off. There's another example of them, disciples, trying to rebuke the demon. And I wonder oftentimes, you know, it was started to work. And did it, did it start to surface? Did they start to see it? Did it start to come out? And then it got so scary that they, they shut down. We see whenever Peter walks out onto the water, it's working, it's working, it's working. And all of a sudden, he loses concentration. He loses focus. He takes his eyes off God. And what does he do? He crashes into the water. We have to receive. We have to receive. We have to trust. There was a show I was watching last night, and it was a, a, a good example of, of, of trust. And the, the man told the, the prisoners, said, you've got to just walk through the gate. Don't just trust me. Do not doubt me. Trust me. Just walk through the gate. And when they got there to the gate and they looked, they seen it looked like there were guards everywhere. That what they could see, what they could trust with their eyes, told them that there was, there was danger. There's no way they was going to make it. That this wasn't going to work. And they almost backed out. But then they said no. He said to trust them. And as they did, they seen that this was all just an illusion. That there was actually no danger at all. And they was able to walk right to their freedom. So many times we only trust what we can see. But faith is trusting what we can't see. The world is really in a bad place right now. And we've talked about that because we've taken and pushed God so far out of it that Satan has a good, strong foothold. And what we see is we see that man is pushing his agenda 
And God is nowhere in it. We see man doing what he wants to do, what he thinks is right. And all the while that Satan is in man's ear pulling the strings. Man thinks he's in control, that he's got all the power. But it's actually Satan that's doing it. And we see that because we are seeing decisions that are being made that are not of God. We see things changing that are not of God. That goes against what the Word of God says. That goes against what God tells us to do. We see it over and over again. There is no God in what is happening. So what do we do about it? Because we have these, this other camp. We have the, the Christians. And they, we see all this evilness. And what do they keep saying? Well, let's just wait till Jesus comes back. Jesus has got to be coming soon. Jesus has got to be coming soon. We keep saying that. And they have been saying that ever since Jesus left. They've been waiting generation after generation for Jesus to come back. And the Word says that we do not know the day or the hour of when He's coming. We just know that He's on His way. We know that He is coming. But there are things that we can do in the meantime. Nowhere in the Word does it say that we as Christians, that we as believers, that we as followers of Jesus Christ are just supposed to sit on the sidelines and do nothing and let this wickedness take place. Because if we got one day left, four years left, or 40 years left, they should be used to glorify God. They should be used to further His kingdom here on earth. They should be used to save souls. Instead of being sitting idly by, we should be praying for change. We should live in faith. But we see all these things that are the total opposite. God wants us to be well. God wants us to be healed. And we keep doing all these things that show that we have no faith in that happening. We want to rely on what man says, what science says, what a few people, a few men, a few women, a few humans, just a few, a select few that have risen to the top, have risen to power, and now they are deciding what is right for the masses. And we're all just going along with it, even though there's no God in it. Generation after generation after generation. Since the first man and the first woman has managed to survive. Even during the time of Noah, when God destroyed the world, He took His creation. He took His people. He took His animals. And He carried them through. He carried them through. But we're living in a world now that thinks that 
God doesn't exist, God doesn't matter, or God's not big enough to take care of what's going on. Here is a a truth. A truth. We don't need vaccines. We don't need masks. We don't need new world orders. We don't need new deals. We don't need a trillion dollar infrastructure to change the environment. What we need is God. What we need is faith. We need that a little bit. And everything else will take care of itself. God is in control. God can handle each and every situation. God will fulfill all of our needs. But what do we have to do? We have to allow Him to do so. We beg and we plead because we do not know what we have. We do not understand what Jesus did. And we beg and we plead and then we don't get our answers that we want because we're not going about it that right way. We're not turning on the switch. It all starts by opening up this word. And we have so much to overcome. We have to overcome everything that we've been bombarded with through the world. We have to overcome what religion has been lying to us about generation after generation and has taken us down the wrong path. We have to come back to what Jesus says, what God says, and take away all the other nonsense and reprogram to change to rebuild. We do need a, a new world order. I take that back. I have misspoken. But we need one that is God-driven. We need a society where every man, woman, and child believes. Where situations are handled with prayer with love with the blessings of God not with chemicals and plans and printed money God can part seas God can tear down walls God can destroy armies God can take care of the evil. He can release the slaves. He can set the captives free. You know, he's already given us examples of this. History just keeps repeating itself over and over again. The Israelites encountered a Pharaoh that knew not Joseph because the people stopped talking about who Joseph was, who God was, what he did. God was pushed away like they kept wanting to do again and again, and they became enslaved. We have became enslaved again. We are slaves to this world right now, and we are letting our modern-day Pharaoh 
reign over us. And every time we go towards God a little bit, you know, they came out of Egypt and things got a little bit hinky. What do they want to do? They want to run right back and be slaves again and be taken care of. So we could feast on a few crumbs so we can have the leftovers. God does not want us to have the leftovers. God does not want us to be enslaved. He sent Jesus to pay the ransom. It's already been paid. We are free. But we choose not to accept it. We choose not to accept it. We have to receive. And that takes faith. You have not because you ask not. And you ask not because you don't believe it's going to happen. We don't want to be disappointed. Because I can imagine what life is like without God in it. And thus to have it, we feel better because we have Him here. But yet, we, we don't want to be disappointed. Because we're going to blame someone and we're going to have to blame God if something don't go our way. So we... We hold back. We don't want to give that full faith to God because what if something goes wrong and he doesn't deliver? Then I'm going to have to be disappointed with God and that's the only thing I have in this world to carry me through. And it's nothing to do with God at all. It's all because of me because I'm not doing something right because I don't have the faith. But we don't realize that. We don't want to see that. We don't want to look in the mirror. We don't want to see We don't want to take that that risk that it feels like. It feels like a risk. It feels like a challenge because we're going against something different. We're going against the grain. We're going against the world. We're going against the masses. And we're having to step out of our comfort zone. And we're having to be brave there for a little bit. We're having to be strong. We're having to put aside everything else that we know, what we've been told, what we've been programmed to do. And we have to have faith. And you can't see it. You can only, and you can't even feel it sometimes. Sometimes, you know, we pray and we believe and we know and we know and we know, but yet we still don't feel better because of our feelings. Our feelings still make us feel anxious and make us feel sad and make us feel angry. And even though that we know God's working, we know it beyond a shadow of a doubt, we still don't feel that way all the time. But we can't trust our feelings either because that's something else of this world. All we have to do is believe. Believe no matter what my body is telling me. No matter what the world is telling me, no matter what the situations are telling me, that I believe that God will prevail, that God has us under control. And we cannot let that faith waver because it just takes just a little bit, just one little speck of doubt. And it grows so fast. You know, faith is like grass seed. You have to put it out there and it takes weeks for it to germinate And to come up and to start being lush. But it only takes three days. Three days for a weed to sprout. So you're not supposed to throw out your fertilizer. You throw out your your grass seed because the weeds are going to take it over. And that's what our doubt is. That's what our fear is. That's what the lies of Satan is. There are weeds. We have to be like the grass. We have to stay the distance. To work it out. To stay strong. Because the end result is... All the weeds are going to be choked out. All the weeds are going to be taken care of. You're going to be left with a lush, green lawn. But it takes time and it takes dedication. Plucking out all those weeds one by one as they come out. 
applying the water, which is the word. We have to want it. We have to want it. What do you want in today? Bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you for strengths in everything that we do, Father, to be able to overcome the challenges of the world, challenges of Satan, Father, to be strong in our faith, that we'll have the discipline to get into the Word, the discipline to stay strong, to gather with like-minded believers, to go against what the popular opinion is, To do what's right, to do what's in your will, and for us to know what that will is. Father, there's many of us that's hurting today that's got a problem, a need that we know that you can fulfill, Father. We ask that these things can come together, that these needs will be met. And we ask these things in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. 375.